Welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, a podcast shared by David Roylance. This podcast is dedicated to guiding you to completely eliminate the discontent mind and the suffering it causes by attaining enlightenment. Learn and practice the teachings of Gotama Buddha that will guide you to fully attain a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha or visit buddhadailywisdom.com where you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online learning resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Now, here's our teacher to share more. Sawadikap, hello and welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha. Today we're going to be studying Buddhist chanting. This is our fourth class in a four-part series where we've been learning Buddhist chanting through each Wednesday over the last four Wednesdays. We started out talking about the benefits of chanting and how we can actually use chanting to improve our practice of the Buddhist teachings in order to get to this enlightened mental state where it's peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy permanently. And we talked about the benefits of the chants and helped you to learn those and helped you to actually get going and start practicing. And now you've had about three weeks to actually practice these chants. And last session, we spent some time one-on-one helping you to develop your chanting practice and do a little bit of coaching. Well, today in our fourth class, we're going to do essentially the same thing that we did last week. But instead of just doing one chant at a time, what I'm going to have you guys do is actually chant the entire three chants as one kind of run. So have one person start doing the Arahang, then the Natmo, and then the ETP So all the way through. So you guys get a habit of actually doing the whole chant all the way through. And we can kind of help you with any kind of feedback. But to get us all warmed up, I thought what we could do as a class is go through these chants three times like we've done in the past where we just start with the first one, second one, third one, and then start over first one, second, third, first, second, third. And then after that, we'll do our individual study where you guys can actually go through yourself. We'll turn on the microphone in Zoom. Anybody who's in Zoom, you'll be able to get some practice going. And today, I'm going to be able to display over live stream anybody who volunteers in Zoom so that we can actually see your video and hear your audio in Facebook and YouTube and all the other places that we're streaming to. So that'll be an added benefit for today. Thank you for joining. Glad that you're interested in learning these chants. Let's go ahead and get started with just going through three times with the Arahang Natmo ETP So. Arahang Natmo ETP So, Arahang Natmo ETP So as a class. And I'll chant and just kind of get everybody nice and warmed up. And then those of you guys that would like to volunteer, you'll just go through and practice the whole thing just one time, all three chants. Okay, so let's go ahead and get in whatever position you normally get in for chanting and meditation. I'm going to take a little sip of water here. Hopefully you guys got some water as well. All right. Let's go ahead and bring our hands together palm to palm at our sternum. 
and focus on this first chant with a nice deep breath. Inhale. Arahang Samma Samhoto Mahakava Potang Mahakavanang Apivatiyami Savakato Mahakavata Tammo Damang Namasami Supatipano Mahakavato Savakasangho Ah. 
Should be nice and warmed up now. So, who would like to practice going through all three chants? And if you can't do all three, it's okay. You can just do the ones that you know, but just kind of getting a nice flow to the chant, starting with the first one, moving to the second or third. And if you can do all three, that's great. If you can only do one, that's fine. If you can do two, that's fine. Whatever works for you. But Bossom's going, right? Is that Bossom? Yeah, it's just. Arahan Sama Samputo Pakawa Putan Hakawana Mapiwati Sawaka to Pakawata. Dama Namasami Sopati Banum Hakawatu Savaka Sanko Sanghanamami Napmur Hasa Hakawatu Arahatu Sama Samputasa Napmur Hasa Hakawatu Arahatu Sama Samputasa Napmur Hasa Hakawatu Arahatu Sama Samputasa Itipisum Hakawa Arahan Sama Samputu Wichat Sharanan Sampunu Sakatu Eruga Vitu Anutiro Purisa Dama Sati Tawa Mana Manusanan Oto Pakawati. Okay, good job, awesome, nice. Very good, sir. I can tell you're still working on that. So, yeah, keep working on that. It sounded really good. Nice to see the chants in Arabic, too. That was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who would like to go next? I'm happy to volunteer. Okay. Let's let's go, James. Pakawa 
sounding better and better each time. Wonderful. All right. Who would like to go next? I can try, Tisha David. Okay. Let's see what Manal is going to do. Arahang Sama Samputo
someone else like to volunteer all right I think that's everybody that's going to volunteer there all right let me see if there's any questions that you guys have we don't have you know our normal class of everybody coming in on Sunday but those of you guys that usually show up on Wednesday usually have things that you guys might be studying or things that you might be having questions about or information that you want clarified Are there any questions in Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom about either this chapter that we're studying, which is the five precepts, chapter seven, or any of the chapters that we've already studied, or even anything in the Buddhist world, or anything that you're seeing, anything that you're not understanding, anything from your practice, any kind of personal situations that you're having, and you're interested to understand how to apply the Buddhist teachings to that? You can put those questions into the comment section of Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom, or you can raise your hand electronically in Zoom, and our moderators will be sure you get called on. And uh, just open up the floor to all of you guys to any questions that you might have about any of the teachings. Given that this is our last class for now on chanting, I was wondering if you have any general insight about chanting and incorporating it into our practice. I think it's just good to just do it every single meditation session and rather than just do it once, which is what we normally do in order to go into meditation. When you're first learning like this, there's no harm in doing it three times like we have been practicing, you know, doing it three times before you go into meditation and three times on the way out because it's just going to give you more practice, more time to practice. Uh, And then also sometimes you can also just work on your chanting and not actually do meditation. I used to do that sometimes where I would just spend 30 minutes or an hour just working on chanting and only chanting and build up that one component. And then when I would do meditation, I would just do it once going in and once coming out. So you can do it both of these ways where if you only have a certain amount of time and you want to incorporate it three times in with your meditation, you can do that. Or if you've got some extra time and you want to do some isolated work just on the chanting, you can do that. One of the other things that I did, this is really helpful, is if you're ever in a place where there's like some acoustics, like in a bathroom or in a tunnel or something like this, the acoustics really help to fill out the sound and it can really help your ear to hear how it should sound. So if you're just sitting in your room somewhere and your voice is getting deadened with the curtains and the other things that are in your room, the acoustics aren't as good and it might not sound the same. But if you ever find yourself in a tunnel or in a bathroom or something like this, you can practice. And I used to sometimes go in the bathroom and practice 
and this helps to kind of fill out the sound and gives your ear a time to hear what it can sound like if you really project and kind of allow the sound to really roll. And it can be very invigorating for your practice that you hear that and it's like, oh wow, that sounds quite nice. I like that. And it can really be motivating for you. Yeah, perhaps right effort to practice while we're in the shower. Yeah, I used to do that. I used to practice in the shower for sure in the morning before going to work when I was in America used to uh, get my mind going and just kind of practice in a bit. really helps. I suppose, is there any benefit in practicing all three chants relative to just one chant? Is there a synergistic effect to practicing them all together? Uh, I think it helps to get in the habit of practicing them all together, but you can surely practice one at a time. That's how I learned them, just one at a time. I used to just work on the Natmotasa for many weeks and months. And uh, then after I felt like I kind of got that one a little bit, then I would move on to the Arhang and into ETP So. Uh, but I wasn't really prioritizing my practice when I was in America. And in fact, I really didn't truly understand what the Buddhist teachings were all about when I was in America. I just, I understood that they were interesting. I understood that they were helpful. And I supported the temples with a lot of donations and things like that. But Nobody ever sat me down and said, okay, now there's these Four Noble Truths and, you know, it's all about this discontentedness and eliminating the discontent mind. And nobody ever did the things that you guys are, are getting with having a teacher. So when I was in America, I didn't really prioritize practicing because I didn't really know what it was. I didn't really know how it could benefit me. I didn't really truly understand it. I just kind of supported it because it was a Thai thing and I supported all things Thai because I was into Thai culture and Thai massage and I knew that it was helpful but I really didn't know how I didn't really know what it was all about until I arrived here in Thailand without working and without having a career and all the things that I had when I was in America and all the thousands of people that needed my attention running businesses in America I was able to just focus on figuring it out and then being here in Thailand and, and not just reading it in a book, but being able to go outside and say, oh, there's that generosity. You know, I'm eating at a restaurant and they're smiling, they're happy, they're friendly, they're polite, they're respectful. After my meal, they brought me some a big plate of fruit for free. You know, I didn't even pay for it. I didn't even ask for it. They just offered it to me. Wow, that's generosity. And then you just see that everywhere, people helping and people being kind and friendly. And so all these teachings. And then, you know, you see people, if they're in a situation where in America, I would be used to situations where people would yell and holler and be disgruntled in order to get their way in a situation, in order to kind of put pressure on someone to get what it was that they were wanting from somebody. Where here in Thailand, I saw them being nice and kind and calm and just talking and discussing. And actually the results were more readily available that they actually still accomplished what it was that they were accomplishing. So I really didn't understand it in America, but when I was there, I did what I knew, but it wasn't until I got here that really things started clicking for me quite well. That seems to be an indicator of the importance of the Sangha in seeing the teachings reflected in others and how it affects their behavior and encourages our own practice. 
Yeah, there's a, a big difference having people around you that are practicing and you can model their conduct and you can model the way they do things. And you're like, oh, wow, I really like how that person did that. And, and you can also kind of see your own attachments, too, because if you're like kind of a very needy person, for example, and you're like really kind of like craving to be around somebody and you're like around them all the time. Well, Thai people can see those kind of things and they will do things to kind of like be like, all right, well, uh, you're, you're headed over there, right? Okay, I'm going over here. Like, you know, they'll kind of like help people along. Not that they really did this with me, but I've observed how they do it with other people where like, I've been in markets before where like there's like a husband and wife and there's like a beautiful woman would walk into the market and the husband would just be like, wow, right? Like you could see his eyes pop out. And then the woman was on her way, walking away, but she actually came back to kind of like walk around a little bit and kind of like let the wife see that the man was like, wow, look at that. And then she walked away and it kind of like helped that woman and that man see like oh wow like he's craving through the eyes and seeing this person and she wasn't doing it maliciously but you could just tell she had a big smile on her face and she was helping him to practice and see like wow like something just triggered your excitement there and that's something for you to work on so there's things like this that i've seen that people will do very skillfully in a sangha or in a community to help each other and uh, that's one of the benefits of being together in the same place is that you can interact with each other and you can uh, skillfully help each other as needed. All right, I'll pass it on to Basim now for our same questions. Yeah, thanks, James. A question from uh, Holly. She says, sometimes I chant in my head while doing dishes or walking the dog. Is that beneficial or is it trying to focus on more than one thing at a time? I used to do that, too, because it helped me to memorize them, you know, because I was trying to memorize them and get them down. Ultimately, you would just be focused on washing the dishes or walking the dog. That would be a practice of singleness of mind. But back when I was in America and I was working on the memorization, yeah, I used to do that. So if that's what you need, then go ahead and do it. But the idea would be that you would just wash the dishes. And then when you're ready to practice the chance, you would just go practice the chance. That would be the best way to do it. Okay, so uh, talking about a uh, singleness of mind, uh, does this apply also on uh, making a phone call while walking? Does this go against the singleness of the mind? Yes, it's not that it goes against it, but it's going to give you two things that you're doing is you're walking and talking at the same time. It would be better if you could train the mind to just sit down and talk on the phone and then you'll gather your thoughts and be more concentrated. This is the same thing like if you go for a walk and you're listening to music or you're listening to a podcast, then it's not that you can't do these things. It's just that what you'll notice is the more that you let go of this and you just do one thing at a time, the mind will develop more concentration and more focus. We oftentimes or walk when we're talking on the phone because we have an overactive mind or we're just trying to get somewhere and we're trying to squeeze a lot of things into our day. And this can produce situations where you're bumping into people or you're not as focused on the conversation. Or like if we're walking and listening to music, it's oftentimes because we're trying to occupy the mind 
that if we weren't listening to the music, the mind would actually be bored or it would be lonely. And if you always listen to music while you're out on a walk or you're always listening to podcasts while you're out on a walk or you're always listening to music in the car, then you can never actually sit with your own thoughts. And what you've got to get to is get to the point where you're quieting the mind and stilling the mind. And if we've always got some kind of stimulus coming into the mind through music or podcast or, you know, different things like this, then you're not going to be able to observe that boredom and that loneliness come in. And then once you see that, be able to actually figure out, well, what's the craving desire attachment? It's kind of like masking a craving desire attachment there. So it would be better to let go of that stuff and observe the mind and see if it's still peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy with just walking and only walking or just talking on the phone and only talking or, you know, walking the dog and only walking the dog. That would be the best way to really see with real introspection of what's going on in the mind. Okay. Uh, another question about uh, focusing on uh, or observing the mind state. While meditation, mostly there will be some thoughts. So uh, is it better to just let it go or maybe it would be a good idea to observe these uh, thoughts to know which kind of craving does the mind uh, have. Is this during meditation or outside of meditation? Yeah, during meditation. During meditation, you should always cut your thoughts, always let them go for breathing mindfulness meditation because that's a dedicated, active, purposeful training session where you're working to eliminate craving, desire, attachment, and you're trying to arise mindfulness or awareness of mind. And then in that meditation session, what you're doing is you're just training the mind to keep coming back to the breath and back to the breath and back to the breath. And you're never going to eliminate the thoughts entirely. You'll get to periods where you can have long periods where there are no thoughts whatsoever, but there will be a thought. Even the thought of, I don't have any thoughts is a thought right so that's why we'll never be able to fully eliminate thoughts if somebody tells you that they're eliminating thoughts and they've completely got to a point where they don't have any thoughts in meditation it's like well how did you know that well i knew because when i was in meditation i knew i didn't have any thoughts well that's a thought right that you didn't have any thoughts so we'll never actually fully eliminate thoughts but what we'll do is you'll get the mind really well trained that it will let go let go let go easier and easier and it'll notice with awareness of mind sooner and sooner and sooner when it's not on the breath. So that's what you're targeting in meditation with breathing mindfulness meditation is training the mind to more easily, more quickly let go and also awareness of mind being more quickly aware, more readily aware when the mind's off the breath. Because then when you have that awareness where it's like, boom, I know exactly what's in the mind as soon as it happens, and as soon as something comes into the mind, I can immediately let it go. Then in daily life, when something comes into the mind, you're aware of it right away and you can let it go right away. And it's like, boom, 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 boom. And then eventually you get to the point where the mind is just, there's no anger, no sadness, no nothing that is arising in the mind. It's just always peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy because you've gotten so good at being aware of the unwholesome thoughts and cutting them off. And the mind just did that so readily, so quickly through training and meditation. 
but then taking it into your daily life, it happens so readily that then eventually you've cut them back so far, there'll never be any arising feelings of anger, frustration, irritation, annoyance, guilt, shame, fear, all that discontentedness that I talk about. It won't ever arise because you've cut it back and cut it back and cut it back. Yeah, thanks, teacher. Hey, uh, Holly has your hand raised, so let's go to Holly. Hello. Um, I thought this would be too complicated to try to type in the chat, so I thought it would be easier just to ask it because I don't really know how to word it exactly. Um, during meditation, I think I found in the beginning, like when I first start, how you said that letting go of thoughts is getting easier and easier. Um, and I identify, oh, don't think about that, cut it off and keep going with breathing mindfulness meditation. And I do that for however long, I don't know how long it is, but um, when I make the effort to go into loving kindness meditation, I find that I'm, my mind gets off course and I don't realize it because I'm thinking about what I'm saying. And if I say, you know, when I do myself, may I be peaceful, that part goes okay. But then when I start adding other people in or family members or groups of people, I start thinking about those people and I start thinking about things that they're doing and things that I've done with them and my mind just goes kind of crazy. So, and I have to, it sometimes it feels like a long time before I realize it and can pull it back in. Mm-hmm. So any recommendations for that? That's completely normal. It's going to happen for quite a while. Just keep with the breathing mindfulness and keep with the loving kindness. And I'm not sure how you're doing it, but it really helps to, I think, have some really good, dedicated, just purely breathing mindfulness meditation. And then other sessions, breathing mindfulness with loving kindness so that you have a real dedicated breathing mindfulness meditation practice so i think you meditate three times a day if i remember correctly so if you did at least one that was breathing mindfulness and one that was loving kindness and then the third one whatever you would you know decide to do then you're getting some dedicated breathing mindfulness meditation it comes down to just accumulation of doing this more and more and more if you know the technique and you've developed it and you're continuing to develop it, but the mind just is still wandering, it's just a matter of just doing more of it and accumulating the benefits more. Okay, would it be okay to do or recommended to do when I first sit down and start like immediately after I chant to just go straight into loving kindness meditation without doing the breathing mindfulness? I think maybe my mind would be fresher or newer and maybe I could focus a little better. You can try that. I used to do that when I was in America. That was the way I did it more often when I was in America. I would do maybe kind of like just one minute of kind of gathering my breath and things like that. And then I would go right into loving kindness meditation. So you can try it and see how it works for you. Thank you. You're thinking your mind won't be as tired, right? And you'll have you have more effort. Yeah, give it a try. See how it works for you. Okay. Thank you, teacher. You're welcome. Okay, seeing that we have no more questions for now, teacher. All right. Any questions from you, James? Any questions on this end, David? Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go ahead and just end class because this has been a real nice four-part series, and I'm sure you guys are all meditating and doing lots of work on your own. So why don't we just take a break 
and kind of in class a little bit early, you know, 45 minute classes, probably the shortest class we've ever taught over the last year and give you guys a chance to just do your own meditation by yourself, you know, not necessarily with the whole group. And then we'll pick things up on Sunday with chapter eight, which that chapter we're really going to dive in. And this is where a lot of times people have a lot of aha moments because this is where you really start seeing the Buddhist teachings come together where we talk about the three main problems in the mind and we then talk about the solutions and the remedies. And I've been kind of alluding to these all along, but now we're going to really dive into it on Sunday. So I'd rather give you guys just kind of a, a shorter class, let you guys do some meditation on your own, and then see you guys on Sunday for chapter eight, which will be the three poisons, greed, hatred, and delusion. So until then, have a really lovely rest of your day, and I'll see you next time. Sawadee Thank you for listening to this podcast. To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha. To access more teachings, visit buddhadailywisdom.com. There, you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Remember to establish a daily, consistent meditation practice, along with learning and practicing these teachings. A well-developed meditation practice is the foundation in which to train the mind to attain enlightenment.